0: Welcome to Bridging the Gap. Today's podcast will address bridging the gap between the generations. We all would probably agree that communication to seek understanding between the generations is key. Each generation comes with its own biases values, goals, and vices. Let's spend some time learning from one another and listening to each other to help us understand what drives each generation a bit differently than the one before. Today, I've, invo- I've invited the following people to be a part of this conversation. My dad, Dr. Brian Delbridge, part of the Baby Boomers generation, And I have my kids, Hallie and Parks, that are here with uh, Hal or Parks is with the Millennial age group, and Hallie just misses the Millennials by a short period of time, and she is part of the Gen Z, and I am part of the Gen X generation. So since we have such a great room full of people ready to talk, let's get started. So guys... Uh, what do you think is the strengths of each of your generations? Dad, you want to, you want to start us off
1: first? I think in our generation, when I was growing up, there were some core values that most everybody had, not everybody, but most everybody, you know, and it was basically faith and family and, and career or job. Um, sometimes it would be defined a little more by high school students. You know, all I want is a job and a girlfriend and beer. (laughs) And that was our core value. That was our core value. But I I think in our generation, there was a lot more to to say about core values, that you lived your life that way, according to the core values. and Most of society was very similar.
0: In that, yes. And we'll come back to that because Dad and I were talking about that. It seems like the generations before, things was a lot more simple, what you saw after. And it kind of got more and more complicated in my generation. And then we passed that on to our kids. And I do think there's kind of this revival to get back to what's simple. But yes, I agree with that.
2: Parks?
3: I think uh, overwhelmingly the strength of my generation is creativity. I think you're seeing a lot more of it, whether it be on social media where you have the content creators and stuff like that. And then you have, you know, the YouTube makers that, I mean, as much as I dis dislike them, the TikTokers, it's (laughs) it's all, but it's all creative. And I think that my generation does a very good job of, you know, knowing their dream early on and pursuing it. And, um, whether that mean, whether that means you're poor for a long time and, you don't really care how much money you have. You're just trying to achieve that dream. Um, I, th- I think that's the most important part is just like a lot of people are just like, this is what I want and I'll do what it takes to make it. Whether that means I live with my parents for a certain amount of time, uh, to save up the money to do this dream or whatever. Um, but I also think that can be a negative because you know, not a lot of people in the workforce and stuff like that.
0: Good, good points. Excellent. We're going to come back to some of those. Those were really good. Hallie, you have anything you want to add about Gen Zers?
2: Oh, well, I mean, they're similar to millennials with the creativity, like Parks was saying. Uh, but also, yeah, just the creativity and the openness to new and different ideas. Um, to, They're not afraid to be unique um, and to share their passions, which is a good thing.
0: Yes, yes. Well, and just listening to you guys talk, it's interesting because when Grandpa and I were talking before, I know for my generation, we were very linear. So life kind of, and so was grandpa's generation, like things were expected to go in a proper order. So you graduated high school and you, you had a few options. It was basically get a job, go into the military or go to college. And that was what was expected. And then it was like, then get married, then have kids, then have grandkids. And it was very linear. And I think at least from my generation, we kind of, taught our kids, hey, dream and think outside of the box. You can be anybody you want to be. Who do you want to be? Go after what you're passionate about. And it sounds like that rubbed off on millennials and gen z's like, okay, we can do anything we want and we can go out of order to make our dreams come true. So, that's kind of interesting. So, what about the weaknesses? You kind of all alluded to that, but the weaknesses of your uh generations and my kids are sitting here, you can't see their faces, but they're laughing and rolling ice because you're not as particularly fond of being of your generation. <laughs> so what do you have to say about that, perks?
3: I've got way more negatives than I do positives. But um yeah, I mean going back to the workforce thing, I think the creativity and you know chasing that drive is a good thing. But I think <laughs> Uh, taking a step back and looking at our generation as a whole, we're extremely lazy. And I've been guilty of that. Um, but yeah, we are, we're extremely lazy. I think, um, yeah, work ethic really has died off. And, um, you know, being a coach of swimming, you see it in the kids where it's like, when I think back, most of the kids that were swimming at the time of the kids I'm coaching, there was a drive, there was a motive. And now it's more like the kids are like, I'm here because I have to be. And like, they're counting down the minutes, they're counting down the hours till they're done. Um, and I mean, it's sad to see just because I have a lot of passion for the sport and a lot of, you know, passion in general. So when I try to motivate them and see that, like, you know, maybe I like hits a few kids. I'm like, like, why is this not firing you guys up? Um, and it's sad to see. I think another negative is, is and <laughs> I'm guilty as this as well, social media. I think it's toxic. Yes. I think um, it's a big reason why a lot of the kids in my generation struggle with depression. Um, because they're seeing other people's lives through a filter. Mm. And they're like, oh, man, I wish I had that life. Why isn't my life like that? And really it's like, not everyone's life is like that. This Instagram is a picture board for everyone's most perfect moments. Yes. And yes. I I remember I saw a quote uh, a few weeks back that said, my Instagram is a picture board of happiness that I wish I really had. Oh. And. I mean, that, I mean, that struck me just because it's like, it is, I mean, people live through social media and, um, and another thing is, I think, uh, Mike, Mike Tyson said it, he goes, uh, today's generation got way too comfortable with talking crap to each other behind a computer and not paying for it. Oh. And and, and that wasn't, that wasn't exactly what he said. I think he said something like, and not getting punched in the mouth for it, (laughs) but like, I mean, you see it all the time in these trolls that just sit behind like their keyboards and like down other people and they're probably even worse off. (laughs) So,
0: but that's a good point. So dad, how does that, because that is something that is brand new. Well, semi brand new to this millennial Gen Z generation is this this group of people that are growing up on social media, on the web, on internet, and how is that different from your generation?
1: Yeah, we didn't even have a mobile phone.
0: <laughs> or well, a phone. No, you did They
1: got they we got use, punched in the mouth if they yes, yeah, used true. smoke signals. <laughs> um I, I yeah, there was more social interaction because there had one on one, because there was no other way to do it. Right. Um you, you met at school, school dances. You'd go down to the um, hot dog joint and, and just cruise around and sit, sit in your car, sit around, talking to others. You had, that was the only way to interact. And so, um, yes. I, I think that's the difference that you were forced into an interaction with people. Well, some didn't, but they were sort of loners. Right. You know, and but if you wanted friends, you had to be friendly. Yeah. You know, nowadays I think with social media, you don't ever have to know the person, right. know anything about them.
0: It makes it easier to dislike people. Um, I love Brene Brown. She says you can't hate people up close, and so it's it's that situation that when you actually talk to people you are able to bridge that gap you're able to communicate and understand each other even if you choose to disagree but like Park said in in social media it's so easy to hate behind the screen because you don't necessarily have a personal person in front of you and yet that is hurting other people across the screen so it's it is destroying some people yeah Yeah, particularly
1: in the teens or you know somebody gets on and accuses a girl of something that isn't true or a guy of something that isn't true and their reputation's shot yeah they didn't even do anything wrong yeah
0: you exactly um,
1: so i i i think a lot of good from social media but parks right it's, it can be real very destructive yeah and there's no there
3: there's no uh, control over that
0: mm-hmm. you
3: know? i i think too like going back to like the depression like depression like I mean, kids, like even in middle school now, like that's the bullying it's done online. Um, yeah. And like grandpa said, it it literally destroys their reputation, whether it's true or not. And, you know, that just kind of carries with you throughout the years. And like, it could get worse. It could get better. You don't know. I mean, social media. That's why, like on Twitter, I stay relatively silent. I just retweet like sports and funny mm-hmm. stuff. And Instagram, I just promote my own stuff or like right. pictures of friends. And I think, now save that because I feel like that's moving on. Okay. Like, okay. It's just, it's it's sad to see, and you know I I like I've I've made a personal choice to like I was like I'm not getting TikTok like it's just first of all I think the people that are on it just make me cringe, and <laughs> um yeah I just. I mean kids yeah. are spending hours on hours just watching. Rather than things. the personal yeah, and, yeah and communication. Really, I mean I, and all my friends like growing up, they like video games. I played one video game and that was NCAA football. Uh, outside of that I was outside.
0: Yeah.
3: And like that's what I liked. I like being outdoors.
0: But I think that brings up a good point is that no matter the generation, we can stereotype generations. It doesn't mean that every person fits specifically in that generation's values or beliefs. Um, We're all unique human beings and we do tend to stereotype generations, Um, but everybody's different. So, but uh, Dad and Hallie, do you have anything to contribute as far as what is your, what's the weaknesses that you saw in your generation?
2: Uh, well, yeah, I agree with parts with the social media and, like, with um, mental health being an issue with um, everything being online now. Not only is it there, like, the cyberbullying, but even when people think it's good, it's not really, like, a real connection. So mm-hmm. I think people are getting isolated, and that's causing the mental illness a lot of it and people think they're connecting but it's only an illusion of connection because Ooh, that's good it's you, can, you know it's, it's limited like grandpa said is it's you have to be friendly when you're with people face to face when you're on the phone it has that illusion of connection but you're not really you're connecting with an object you have phone. Right. so it's not like that same feeling you get you don't get bounce off that energy of the person in the same room as you
3: um
2: but I also think another weakness is like um along with like bouncing off like social media is a lot of people um a lot more selfish I feel like than other past generations because of that isolation I feel like um, it's very much about themselves. There's not much community anymore. It's very much, how can I get myself ahead? How can I further myself? It's very much me, 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 I, I, I. And not so much of community and that connection. Um, and I also feel like people can be a lot more easily offended now. And I don't know if that's because of social media or if it's more just um how they're being raised yeah yeah and like that that self-entitlement you were talking about with you know kids being they want that immediate gratification instead of having to work for something yeah um so there's a lot less patience um and more yeah that self-entitlement rather than i'm gonna work for this i'm gonna earn this it's more of like um give this to me i want to be given this i don't want to work for
0: it and that's so interesting because that's completely the opposite dad of your generation your generation was earn it like you know you you work hard there was a real strong work ethic so kind of speak into that of how that is different than what hallie and parks were just describing
1: well i in my my generation you you worked right It, it was i worked when i was in high school to make money, I worked in college. Well just what you did, you know. Uh there wasn't the pressure mm-hmm. necessarily to to get straight A's or, or what have you, but you were to be, you know, my in my family, be a decent student. Yeah. You know, uh, and you earn your way, like I told you, about going to my dad and asking for five dollars. And he said, Do you need it? Well, I had been trained I knew what a need was I need clothes I need food and I need a roof over my head so the five dollars wasn't going to anyone else free and he said if you need it i will get it for you otherwise that's, that's just what hold off on it so it's a whole different concept of, of needs you mm-hmm. know it wasn't so much what I want it was what do you need right you know and if you need this and work for it I can remember uh, wrecking my parents car and then wanting them to know about it I went down to the guy who was going to fix it, and uh, asked him how much, and he let me make payments for so many weeks until it was paid off. And I never did tell him that I that I the damage to this other car. A little damage to theirs wasn't that noticeable, but to the other one, well, you work for it. Yeah, you know, and, and I think sometimes in the generations now, just want well, mom and dad to take care of it. You know, and and that's not all bad either. Yeah, you know, lives can go a little bit the other way, but I think one of the things that that's hit me. From our generation, has been the breakdown of the family hmm. from us on. And uh, and I think that's been really detrimental. Mm-hmm. You know, with single parents, whether it's a, a woman single parent or a guy single parent, it's not the whole. Yeah. And uh, it, I think it's hurt a lot and made people dependent, uh, not on others, but on the government. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you lose the structure of the family, that used to be the safety net. Right. If something went bad, we'll go home, you know. Now, you don't have that. No. It has much. I mean, you have some pockets of it, but by and large, you don't have as much of that now. We're there. It was generational. I could go to my home, my parents, my grandparents' home. I could keep going as long as I had family.
0: Well, not only not only the breakdown of family because I agree with you on that, but I think geographically yes. things are very different than they used to be. Where families used to kind of stay in the same town, yes. they were all in close proximity. So you did have actual aunts and uncles, grandparents, parents. Like if you didn't get along with your parents, you could go to the grandparents down the road, and like you had that extended family in close pro- close well, proximity. We don't we don't really have that as much and anymore. And you did it
1: and you did stuff together. We yeah. You. In Memorial Day together. We do other holidays together, and and even extended family. And you know, we always be with grandparents at the big big occasions. But cousins and second cousins, and you get to meet each other and, and spend some time with each other. And there's value in that. You know, if, you know. Even today, I'll call a cousin and say, Bill, what do you think about this? Right. Um, why? Because there was a connection made years and years and years ago. A connection of trust. And uh, I think that's started being broken down in my generation. We had yeah. trust, but we didn't pass it on as well to our kids. I hope yeah. I did to my kids. But, you know, yeah. and a part of that is because of the breakdown of the family, whether it be divorce or whether it be just moving off in different directions. Right. So,
0: I agree with that.
1: I, I think the mobility has, has, has hurt us some.
0: And I, I would say the biggest weakness that I can find from our generation, uh, one of the biggest would be that, I think we thought we had arrived after we came out of our our life at home and we maintained that same way of life. Even if we had to go into debt to do it, we wanted to maintain the same lifestyle that we had when we were with our parents. So we didn't really have the same need to earn it, but we had we started that entitlement piece that, okay, we deserve this. Mm-hmm. And I think that unfortunately has rubbed off on our gener- the generations we passed on that legacy to because that obviously has encouraged the entitlement that we see in our society and such. So, yeah.
1: And I think, you know, I look back at our generation, it was, um, we, we wanted to do well, we wanted to succeed, but it, but we knew we weren't going to start where our parents were.
0: Exactly. Because they've
1: been doing it for 20, 30 years and had resources that we didn't have. You yeah. Know? And uh, I remember our first house that Sharon and I bought. It. And she says, it's a good deal we need to get. It. I said, oh, you're going to go look at that. You're going to want it. We can't afford it. You know, this whole thing. We ended up buying it because we got a good, real good deal on it. And uh, But we didn't even have furniture to furnish it.
0: <laughs> I remember that.
1: You know? Yep. We, but it was all right because we knew five down, five years down the road we would have money to get it.
0: Yeah.
1: And so the thing of waiting for for something, which I don't see as much nowadays, as easy, seems to be instant gratification. It is. Yes. And yes. In our generation. I mean,
0: would, would you guys agree with that? Uh, I, yeah,
2: yeah, with the instant gratification. I think
3: this is kind of going back to what Grandpa was saying with, like, connection with each other. But one thing I thought of was now with social media that there's not that as much connection even though i do think like maybe originally that was the plan like to connect more people um it's kind of done the opposite but one thing that i read and i shared with you and dad in a book i was reading the other day where basically the synopsis of what he was saying was you may not care about something until it's shown to you on social media and then you that's all you care about mm. and like it's all you can think about and like he put it as a, in a way like you know his girlfriend like I don't mind if like guys like her pictures or she likes other guys pictures I just don't want to see it yeah and like now that there's social media you see that stuff you overthink and yeah. I I mean I think that also just leads into like the depression that like yeah a lot and of, anxiety yeah that a lot of the kids in our generation me and Howie's generation deal with yeah um myself included sometimes yeah so yeah I mean Sometimes like I go through stages where I'm like I want to delete all my social media. It's, like, <laughs> let's be done. Um, but unfortunately, in today's day of age, that's day of, day and age. That's like the main way to promote something, right? And so, like if I want to promote something and sell books, if you want to promote <laughs> your book yeah. that just came out, so, lovely things. Uh, so, like if I want to promote that, that's the best option. Like starting out is Correct. social media. So like I don't really have a choice if I want to sell books I got to keep it and like try to promote it um but yeah i I, I mean I've seen it it's yeah. it's there in your face like it's in your pocket all the time and it's there if you have nothing else to do I mean you see me I mean you see Hallie and like you see most people like there's nothing going on phone comes out and everyone's on it yes you are just scrolling
0: Yes, it I was so. My,
3: I look at my Facebook about once every three weeks.
0: <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> well, it was funny yesterday. I was without my phone for what five, six hours, and there was a beauty in it. Like it was really nice because I didn't take any calls from work. I didn't have to answer anything. But I almost felt lost without it. I was like, "Wait, where's my? Oh, I don't have it with me." <laughs> and so I think it just becomes second nature. But Hallie, you were going to mention the instant gratification. You were going to piggyback uh, off that.
2: Well, yeah, with the instant gratification is. I think with the advancement of technology, not just social media, but technology in general and like the past like 20 years with that is we're used to getting things immediately.
1: Yes. So
2: like through through Amazon Prime or <laughs> sending out a text or giving someone a call real quick, it's you're used to getting that response. Immediately. Yes. Like now, right now. And so like literally with Amazon Prime you can get the package the next day. And so people I don't think there's not necessarily the desire. I think people have desire to do things, but I don't think people are willing to put in the work it takes to get there and the patience that they need to to get to that end goal. It's they want the end goal now because they're used to getting things. Right. I've right. been
3: I've been guilty of that when it comes to money. Like, when yes. we started getting the stimulus checks, I was like, yeah, 100%, give me that right now. I need it. Um, And, like, I find myself thinking, I'm like, man, if I could just get this amount of money, I'd be like, that'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, if it was just given to me. And, like, it's taken a minute, but, like, to just kind of, like, sit back and think, like, all right, it's not going to happen.
0: But I can earn it. But I that. can
3: earn it. And, you know, I still struggle with it. I mean, I struggle with that daily, but it's something that, you know, I've wrapped my mind around and it's something that I have begun to like, you know, plan for and be like, all right, this is what I got to do. Um, you know, to be successful, to, you know, have a wife, start a family, stuff like that. And, um, you know, I said it at Braxton's wedding, like, uh, the way he turned it around, I look up to him because of it, because like he was like me for a few years and then, he just, something clicked and all of a sudden, like, you know, he was getting in a house with Vanessa and like, it, it's something that I strive for uh, that I want to strive for now. And it's moved its way up to the top of my goal list. Yeah. So and that goes back to core values. Yeah. yeah. But once you've
1: determined your core values, then you start moving towards it. It's, the it's what's it's most when We're all right. over. We don't know what they are. I want this. I want this one. But once you fine tune it, this is what I really want in life then you start, yeah. you start working towards it. How do I get there?
3: And I think too, a lot of people, I think it's a good thing to be like, I want, okay, I'll just start with this. So I, I, I see a lot too, and myself included sometimes where you're like, I won't be happy without this other person, you know, relationship wise. And I've a hundred percent been guilty of that, but I see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. like, I won't be happy unless i have a significant other i won't be happy unless there's that chance and we don't really like realize there won't be that happiness unless you find that happiness in yourself first yeah yeah that's something i'm learning day to day
2: there's no living in the present everybody's constantly on to the next thing and i think technology's been a huge thing with that is everybody's looking forward to the next thing and not taking time to pause and appreciate where they're at now, or even just pausing and looking back and being like, wow, I made it where I was a year ago to where I am now. And it's always just constantly eyes forward and always go, go, go. And that nobody takes the pauses they need to appreciate what they do have.
3: No one recognizes the little victories.
2: Yes. yes, and, And I'm
1: not sure in my generation that we, Oh, Focus so much on lifetime goals as where am I right now? And where do I want to go? Um, I mean, I would have never uh, probably said, I'm going to be in the ministry in 30 years. Yeah. You know, I didn't have that planned out, it, it, it just happened. And so, a lot of it's, it's, it's preparation. Part of your goal is, I'm going to be prepared mm-hmm. whatever may come, whether, whether it be right or, you know, a certain type of employment or my own home or what have you. How do I get there? Parks is right. If you, if you probably will not find any type of lasting peace and happiness in something, whether it be a person or a job right. or anything else, because that all changes. So it has to start with in us,
3: where are we? Well, it's because once you have it, then you're like, I need more. Yep. You're like, what else can I get yes. to like make it, make, me feel at peace or feel happiness and that kind of goes to where i was gonna go earlier but i said i'll bring it up later uh, later is that i think i've my like i've said this with everything i said but myself included you find kids coming out of college or you know in college where they need something to feel anything Mm -hmm. and like that's why alcohol is so huge Mm -hmm. um That's why nicotine is so huge. That's why drugs are so huge. It's because they're looking to feel anything.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And once they leave college, something that I figured out, it does not just go away once you leave college. That thing sticks there. And, you know, like, on a night where, like, you got off work and you come home and, like, nothing's happening. You're just sitting there. And, like, I find myself, like, tapping my leg. Like, I'm anxious. Like, nothing's going on. And... You know, I, and I think that's where, like, a lot of kids, you know, resort to alcohol or, like, stuff like that because that's what they did in college. Um, well, and,
0: and does that go to, like, what Hallie was talking about is it's an overstimulus and we're not, uh, there's so many options that we're not enjoying whatever the present and the simple is right now. You know, we're we're struggling to do that. And so it's learning to be able to hit that pause button, which we are going to do to take a short break. But we take that we hit that pause button and we enjoy and embrace what is right now. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about what's hopeful about the generations coming together and working towards what is best and to come do you have a quote to share oh, on our yeah. way out
3: so just on the one that what we were just talking about an over stimulus i saw a quote on twitter that said because it's all too much and not enough at the same time
0: yes yes and i
3: think that sums it up pretty perfectly yeah
0: that's good okay we'll be back for
2: part two